Beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe. Hit that ding-a-ling-a-ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by dropping us a five-star rating or show your official support by heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. My name is Gavin. I've got my usual drinking buddies, a full house, may I say, in the form of Callum, Scott and Mark Dixon. Happening, boys? Oh, good to be back. It's about time. Mm, Took time, took your fucking time, didn't you, bastards? Uh, We are joined this evening by Greg from Dark Revolution Brewing. Evening, Greg, how you doing, mate? I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing? Very well. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to come and join us on the podcast. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to this one. One, because I think your beer is fantastic. And two, I want to introduce these guys to your beer on Friday as well. And they're going to love it as much as I did. So looking forward to it. We'll start off the podcast as we normally do. We'll go around the table, see what we're drinking to start off the podcast. Um, we'll finish with your, off with yourself, Greg, because you will be drinking... Uh, an on-brand beer, I assume. Uh, Mark, what you <laughs> yeah. got? I have a spiced wheat beer from Futtle uh, Brewery. Oh, nice. Which is up in Arnstruther. Um, it's, it's, uh, actually, it's actually Ely, but... All right, well, it, <laughs> their, their website says Arnstruther, so there you go. <laughs> um, so, well, up they're the road building from... on that fishing, They're building on that fishing chip. Basically, nobody cares where Ely is. A lot of folk came around each other. That's the place with the chippy, isn't it? Best, <laughs> best chippy in the world, supposedly. Um, yeah, um, it's it's mediocre. I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to be nice, but there it's supposed to be a spiced wheat beer. But I'm honestly not getting much wheat. There is a slight spiciness to it. Um, and I'm just going to move on for there. It's four percent. I I've got a couple of other ones from them, so I'm hoping they live up to the can art and the design. It's all organic, um, brewed. All uh, ingredients have been kind of picked and heathered from in and around the area. And yeah, other than that, I'm just going to move on pretty quickly. <laughs> to be <honest>. <laughs> nice, <laughs> Roger that. Carl, what you got, mate? Um, I am drinking a uh, Dunkel. Um, and it's just called Dunkel, um, and it's by Black Flag Brewery. Um, they're a brewery that I visited while I was on Hollybobs um, down in Cornwall. So they're from Perrinporth um, in Cornwall. And again, all sort of organic and locally so locally sourced ingredients brewed in-house. Their tap, room, their tap space is brilliant. Um, this one is 4.8%, so it's, it's a real kind of sessionable. A lot of the time when you go Dunkel, you're kind of ramping up the ABV that wee bit um, but this one's lovely but it's got a decent body for 4.8 and it's got a lovely sort of malty sweetness there which you would expect and yeah just a slight hoppiness um, nothing too overpowering which I love um, yeah and it's very Moorish and uh, delicious lovely Nice Gilroy while you take a sip what do you got in your vessel? So I am full raising the bar um, for my uh, bruiser box for the month so mm-hmm. I am Join a little monster, mm. um, Point Blanc. So wheat beer. Mm. This is this is a good a good wheat beer. A very it's good. Got, beer. Has it got wheat in it? Has it? <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> all the all, all the things you would expect. Uh, Saz hops. It's a kind of Belgian whip beer, so it's got that kind of lovely proper kind of whip beer type hue, um, in the glass. That lovely kind of golden straw color as well. Based off of reading a bit of Wackagen, it's um. Not an ode to, I wouldn't say so. It's a, it's a. They love Allagash White, obviously, which I think everybody loves Allagash White. So it's it's kind of uh, based along the kind of lines, but not trying to be them. Yeah. Um, you get banana, cloves, coriander, that wee bit of orange that you're looking for, a proper thirst quencher that's perfect for um, what we've had probably the sunniest day in I think about the last seven, if not 14, <laughs> um, up here in Scotland. So uh, it's perfect. Aye, it's great. Five percent does what it's supposed to do, and it's a a kind of real joy to drink. So really enjoying it. Sounds good. The, the um, rest of the boxes like this, it's super good. I myself, a half on brand. Uh, my glass is on brand. I'm drinking it of a dark revolution glass, which I got at my 
Bruiser box last month when I sampled the beers. Um, but within it is uh, Drop Project Shifty. Um, if you know the podcast and you've listened to it a long time, you'll know Drop Project guys, friends of the podcast. Um, we're on the podcast three years ago, maybe. And this is we one of the first... We found them, mate. We found them. We found them. Uh, it's one of the first beers they let us sample. Double Dry Hot Pale at 5.2%. Um, oh, I mean, the hot bill itself, I don't remember it being... They've obviously they must have changed it because I don't remember it being this expansive. So mosaic T ninety, citra T ninety, Azaka T ninety, mosaic cryo and citrus cryo. Um so and all at pellet form. So it's it's and it's also got very Vermont yeast in there as well. So proper punchy, fruity, well balanced, soft malty beer, proper DDH and a good percentage sitting at five point two percent. It's one of Drop Project's best beers, probably one of the most popular beers. And you can definitely tell why. Um, I think it's great. I've also got a kind of double shift. I've got a kind of shifty shifty in the fridge for later. Oh, nice. Yes. <laughs> so half on brand. Like I said, I've got the glass. Um, I assume, Greg, you're full on brand with your own beverages. Uh, what, are you, what are you drinking to start us off? I'm drinking Orbital, actually. So oh, yes. I've got a Super Session Pale Ale. So it's three and a half percent. It's quite light. It's good for a Tuesday evening when you've got to talk to some people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like it, but it's got a decent body to it. Citrus Mosaic hops beer, it's one of our core beers, so um, it's really popular in our tap room. Um, it's one we brew all the time. It's got a bit of flaked wheat in there, a little bit of dextrin malt, and some extra pale. And um, yeah, brewed with London ale yeast, so it's got a little bit of residual sweetness, but a good sort of citrus hit. But yeah, nice and light. We might take it down to 3.4 actually because of the new duty regulations. That are coming <laughs> well, I'm thinking of 3.49 uh, actually. It's, um, it saves a fortune. The, the art workers are like, well, no, I don't think we can put 3.49 on the can, you know. But um, so, yeah, we're looking at that. But it's it, it some stickers. It surely yeah. would be worth the va- worth it changing the label <laughs> in terms yeah. of the volume. Well, yeah, no, definitely. Because I mean, literally taking it to 3.49 rather than 3.5 saves about four or five pound a keg on the juicy wow. so um one of the others fancied one of them see the old the old kind of label makers with a black yeah <laughs> just oh, yeah. stick it on <laughs> just yeah, just stick it over. yeah yeah like, but, but it would it would look the part if you didn't like it would it would look deliberate and kind of exactly yeah it one of these stupid old label makers with a black yeah plastic. exactly yeah no we've, we've definitely <laughs> got to look at it because you can't get them off for love nor money either no. so it's not they're not going to fall off any no, better right, yeah the, the guys will love sticking them on as well you know <laughs> proper, proper middle finger attacks man yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um, a, yeah just like on that do you, do you think we're going to see stuff like that like because yeah it's some we sp- i spoke about with a colleague like two weeks ago and we actually joked about it that we'll see the I was waiting on the 3.33%. You know, that was the one I joked about getting it under. You think we're actually going to start, people are going to start seeing that more, um, the decimal point basically being moved on ABVs for this whole duty purpose? I mean, if you're on the cusp of it, you know, literally, you know, Orbital, for instance, is 3.5, you know, and we took it to 3.49, it takes it down significantly on the duty. Yeah. But we don't want to change it to 3.4, you know, because that's, that's, that's it's a bit There's of a whole point on there. And it's a, yeah, and it's a big difference in people's perception when they're buying it. You know, 3.5 is sort of as low as we want it to, to have it be, um, you know, even if it's 3.49, you know, technically. But, um, yeah, I think so. And I guess on the, side, the other swing side on the high ABV stuff, you know, going over the eight and a halves, uh, I mean, God, that, that we don't make a lot of beer that's that strong, actually, so we're, mm-hmm. we're quite fortunate in that way, but we were planning to, but um, it's a big hit now on some of those those high ABV stuff. You know, you're talking like £20 a keg, extra duty, going on yeah. to like 9 10% ABV, which is, you know, hard to pass on, that sort of, that sort of cost. That's massive. Yeah, especially if it's a hoppy beer as well, you know, because they've already got a lot of costs with the extra hops and all the other ingredients, you know, stouts and imperial stouts, you can you might be able to absorb a bit more because, you know, you've got a little bit more profit in there. But um, yeah, it's definitely because uh, uh, this has only just come out, the, the, this information as well, quite last minute. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's definitely yeah, it wouldn't be like anybody to make official decisions with plenty of time to go and no. things like that, you know what I mean? No, exactly. So so we're we're fortunate that we actually a lot of our beers are quite low ABV anyway. Um, but you know, we make a lot of sort of stuff that's between four and five, and that's a lot of our volume that we sell as well, because that's a lot of you know, the people that drink the day day in, day out drinkers in the in the tap room, you know, so LA is our most popular beer that we sell, and that's four and a half percent. So we, we we make a few stronger ones, but we don't tend to make sort of the many double IPAs and stuff because it's just not the market that we have. Um, yeah. Yeah, some, some other breweries, you know, that they, they that's their bread and butter, isn't it? So yeah, um, like we mentioned, uh, we've got Greg from Dark Revolution uh, join us on the podcast this evening. Um, give us a little bit of, of history of the brewery and kind of how it started. So um, it was I had a home brew shop, um, Brew UK, which so that's my background is was has always been brewing, but on the sort of home brew side of it, um, we had quite a lot of customers that were going on to become, you know, proper breweries, people like Wiper and True, Tiny Rebel, you know, they built their first pilot kit from our, from our homebrew shop because it was a, it was like one of the biggest online. So it was always on the sort of back of our mind was to sort of start a brewery. Mm-hmm. So we started brewery in, I think, 2017 officially, uh, maybe even 2016, actually. Um, we started brewing on a small 200-litre kit to start with, just in the in the, in the the side of the uh, Brew UK's building, um, just to test the water, really, and to sort of learn uh, art, you know, from going from homebrew to sort of pro-brew um, scales. Yeah. That went okay. The beer was received well, and this was, you know, on the sort of when, when people like cloud water were just starting out, you know, it's around that cusp when we when we're just starting to get more of the hazies coming over and that sort of stuff. People like Tiny Rebel are around. Um and then we did a bit of con- uh, sort of contract brewing for a bit. So so cuckoo brewing. So we went down and brewed on someone else's kit on a on a 20 barrel down at Cheddar Ales, where um left handed giant were also brewing down there at the same time. And Wiper and True had just finished brewing down there before they got their own kit. Mm-hmm. And then we, we what that gave us the kind of confidence that we could sell proper volumes of beer you know 20 barrels was, was a fair bit of a jump from 200 liters to 3000 liters yeah and it went okay we we're selling the beer okay and we also importantly we were going down and brewing on their kit ourselves so we got to learn a bit about brewing on that that bigger scale which helped us make some decisions when we were looking at our own kit and you know what we liked and what we didn't like from from their equipment and on the size of kit that we wanted to get as well um, so then we took on another unit with the with the um, idea really to open a tap room as well because I'd been over to uh, sort of San Diego and seen what was going over uh, going on over there and loved the the fact that you know the community were buying their beer from the breweries um, you know and, and that's where they went and did their drinking and and you know and having that connection with the with the product yeah in the vessels in the background and brewers sort of wandering around with hoses and stuff. I thought that was really cool and it, and it seemed to work really well over there. And it was really inclusive as well. So there was lots of, you know, it wasn't just your more traditional kind of real ale type customer that you had here over there. You know, there was lots of females and children, you know, kids and families. And it was yeah. just, a, but they were really there for the passion for the beer and the product. And they, you know, and they're really passionate about it, and um, that really fired me up to to get, you know, to what we wanted to do on a smaller scale because obviously the breweries in San Diego are massive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we put around fifteen barrel brew house in, um, scaled up, started really concentrating on the product, um, not so much on sort of sales and marketing. We mm-hmm. were just brewing loads, just continually trying to improve what we were doing trying to nail the core products that we had like so la um and that's something that we we still continue to do to this day um you know it's always been about the you know just improving just making small um improvements to what we do to kind of make marginal um you know improvements to the product um and then we hit covid just as we were getting <laughs> to the point where we were um you know happy with the product and we just ready to push it so then we did two years of really just treading water we were lucky we had our own canning line and we also had because we had the tap room we had a license so covid wasn't actually wasn't as disastrous as it perhaps could have been um for, for other people but it obviously meant that everything was kind of on hold um, i assume you you probably got about a million phone calls people wanting to use your canon line 
Yeah, well, we did do a bit for yeah with friends of ours, yeah, because a lot of people were using mobile canning. Luckily, we luckily for us, we'd literally take a delivery one not long before because the mobile stuff was just getting just a bit difficult to manage um, because we yeah. wanted to do quite small volumes because we didn't we didn't sell lots of cans and mm-hmm. we felt still don't to this day. Um, so we wanted to just do split batches. You know, most beers that we make. 15 barrels, we might only can 50 cases, 30 cases, then cask some and keg some. And it just means that the product just goes quite quickly out mm. you know, through all those different formats so that it's kept fresh, most importantly, so that, you know, the, especially on the hoppy beers, that, you know, they're going out to the consumer's hands um, fresh, but also not, you know, tying up loads of cash in our card store. So, yeah, we were lucky. We, we, so we also had a license as well because of our taproom. So we switched to takeaway. Um, we were able to, you know, get all the beer that we had in keg, serve it out into two litre containers and growlers and stuff. And, we, you know, the community really rallied around as well. You know, I think it was a good excuse to get out of the house as well. You know, <laughs> yeah, we had big queues of um, people coming up on a Friday to, to buy beer off us. And um, yeah, it was, it was all right. And then we, um, and then we come through to where we are now, really. It's like, you know, the rising costs and <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I more think fun. It, yeah, it's technically more difficult now, actually, probably than COVID for most breweries, actually. Um we we're quite fortunate that we don't have any debt. We don't we, we own all our equipment, we don't have any um finance or anything like that. We don't have any big loans from COVID yeah. as well. So that meant that really helps us in the moment because I think a lot of the breweries that are suffering, it's really a cash flow issue rather mm-hmm. than anything in particular and we've always kept quite lean on our you know on our team we don't we don't even have, we don't even have a salesperson we don't have marketing people we just do it you know in-house and, yeah. and we product do a lot of that to be honest with you by bringing out new stuff and making sure that it's good quality um so it sort of hopefully sort of solves itself um and now we're yeah we're just this year we've really heads down making loads of new beers which has been working out really well for us um you know customers always want new stuff we always want to make new stuff that's kind of got into doing it really um you know coming from a homebrew background we want to you know want to try new ingredients try new beer styles try new hops and um yeah and our tap room is really busy as well actually Uh, so Salisbury is not the best place for beer it, it traditionally has been pretty it's pretty real ale based um and there's a lot of tied pubs around yeah. here they're all you know they've just got the same offering in all of them yeah they're, they're fine but they're, they're not very exciting um we've we've in last year we had one little micro pub open so you can actually get some interesting beers actually in the center of town now um but, good beer. But our, yeah our tap rooms out just north of, or north of um, salisbury so it's up at an airfield it's a beautiful location just overlooking the airfield so you've got, you've got parachuting up there and stuff and a few sort of jets and stuff in the background because there's an air mm-hmm. across um and yeah that's been really busy um we have food trucks up there on like thursdays fridays and saturdays and um yeah great for cash flow great for yeah. us be able to see our beers being enjoyed so from from a motivational point of view for our team it, it's really good and it means we can try the beers all the time as well as they change on, on tap so um yeah it's good it's, it's going all right at the moment sounds awesome um you mentioned quite a, a few times on the website with regards to kind of embracing new technology ingredients and innovation and stuff within the industry um what what things have you have you done slightly different to maybe the norm or talk us through those, those bits that you've you've potentially that you're you're doing now or you've done in the past? Um, I mean, a lot of the things we do are process changes generally, mm. lots of tweaks. We're all learning all the time, and that's the great thing about that's what I love about making beer actually, and and that's what everyone I think who's really into it loves as well. You know, I, I listen to lots of podcasts. Um, brewing technical brewing ones um and just getting ideas all the time sharing ideas so yeah lots of yeah just try, trying different ingredients we changed our yeast strain this year which has made quite a big difference i think especially to the hoppy beers mm-hmm. um we we've just concentrated on our fermentation our quality to make sure that you know we're getting really healthy yeast we use the live yeast strain so we, we reuse mm-hmm. it um and yeah we changed the way we do our dry hopping recently which again's kind of lifted what we're doing but we're always changing stuff um you know it's it's marginal improvements but for me i think that the the key to making 
anything really well is, is actually the one in the details, the small, mm. small, tiny little details that then add up to a, a whole basically and come through in the product. And that's what we've always focused on really for me, you know, uh, and our team, we honestly, it's about the product. If we weren't making decent beer, then, um, you know, that would, we, we, that, there's nothing for us really to well, ask. I can safely tell you that your beer is fucking decent. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, we, 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 you know, I, I'm pretty happy with them, but we, we always trying to improve them. So, um, and there's lots of new things coming through, you know, thyroid yeasts and, and, uh, new hot products and, you know, stuff like that. We, ha- we haven't done a lot of experimenting with those at the moment. I've heard sort of mixed reviews about what uh, people have got with them, but, um, we've also got a little 50 litre pilot kit that we, um, that we use just for the tap room so we just brew like single kegs just to you know make it more interesting tap do those and do those changes and sort of improvements and stuff does that cover beers that you've been brewing for such a long time as well you know generally yeah it's quite it's quite i would imagine it'd be quite a challenge to make tweaks and changes to beers that are popular and you know you've got like you say you, you don't sell a lot of cans so a, a, a big part of the business is clearly repeat custom in the tap room and pubs yeah. and stuff and you know if you've got that repeat custom it must be a bit of a wrench to have to try and change things or maybe feel as though you it might, it might i would imagine it'd be quite easy to sort of rest on your laurels and say well you know this beer we've not changed it in 12 months or 18 months but it's still selling really well so do we really want to change it do we really want to you know right. use this new method for dry hopping when we know the beer sells and is good already it's yeah it's quite brave making changes uh, to yeah, Not definitely. We we definitely had to go through that decision making process with Soale, which is like our, our most popular beer. Mm-hmm. We made a couple of fairly major changes. One being the yeast strain changing over. So to start with, we used two different strains, so we carried on using the same one on Soale and just started with using a new one for our sort of more New England style hazy pails. Um, and then we just brewed a batch of Soale with the other yeast. We really liked it everyone else either really liked it or they didn't really say anything negative mm-hmm. um, so we've now switched over and you know we, we brew um because it's just easier for us or it's much more manageable just having one yeast strain yeah um, and, and actually the feedback's generally it's, it's just improved because i think people accept that we're we're trying we do change things you know but totally. we're consistently getting better that's where the consistency comes in rather than the products consistently the same. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, we generally would try something new out on a new beer. Again, this is where it's great making lots of new stuff because we can try lots of different things and it's a new product. And if that works, sometimes we relay those back into, um, they're not generally recipe changes. Like, so it, it changed a bit when we first brewed it because it wasn't, I think it was with Cascade and, Something else, I can't remember, but Citra and Mosaic were mm-hmm. literally just coming out at that point. So we quite quickly changed it to those. So Citra, Mosaic, Simcoe now, um, and it and it hasn't changed um, significantly. Those hops haven't changed in it at all. Um, we have been trying some like cryo hops and stuff, but again, not so much on those types of beers. We tend to use those on that. I yeah. mean, it's not, so LA is not a massively hopped beer anyway, so... Um, which is not meant to be, you know, it's a, it's a pale ale. It's meant to be a bit easier drinking. And also because we don't use loads of hops in there, the price point that we can sell it to pubs at makes it, you know, reflect into the price to the consumer that it's much more of a everyday drinking beer rather than something that's, you know, ridiculously expensive. And, you know, you can't really afford to have more than one pint of it. And it's, we, you know, it's deliberately like that, you know, and I think that's why it's our biggest seller, to be honest with you. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an intro, well, it's not an int- it makes it makes perfect sense, you know. There's there's sort of two different ways that you can go and and brew, you know, loads of big beers and you know trade on that, come in and get one one two thirds and it's eight quid or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or you're buying a beer, you're you're brewing a beer that you can go to a tap room and drink four or five or six pints of quite comfortably and it's not breaking the bank, but it's not it's not you know giving you any, anything less on the flavour front. Yeah. No, exactly. It's just it's designed in a slightly different way. I mean, we have twenty taps in our tap room, so we have quite oh, a big. Oh uh, yeah, we have quite a few <laughs> guest beers on. Um, we haven't been making lots of sour beers yet. With that's something we're kind of moving into, but we but we sell a lot of sour beers, so we tend to have at least three or four lines of sour beers. But mm-hmm. mostly things like Yonder and Vault City. Um, because they just sell really well, especially this time of year. But mm-hmm. most of the other lines will, will be our beers, but um. 
yeah, it means that we we have a real range. So uh, you know, we have we've got Orbital, Soleil, and Verve and Velveteen are our core beers. So you've got Super Session powered out at three and a half, Soleil at four and a half, a chocolate milk stout, <clears throat> and a Pilsner. There are four core beers, um, and then everything else. We normally have two, maybe three more sort of sub five pale ales because we sell quite a lot of cask beer. Um, mm-hmm. at- pubs so generally speaking they, they want sub five percent um hoppy stuff but actually we've been packaging a few of the stronger ones into cask recently sort of the 5.4 5.6 percent sort of double dry hopped and stuff and they've been really flying out in cask so we're doing- a nice change of pace in castle isn't it like if you're yeah. coming into a tap room and getting a five and a half percent hopped beer in cask i think it is quite refreshing like mm. the traditional the camera guys might turn their nose up because it's a, <laughs> on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but realistically, they're probably not going to show up to your tap room looking for... That. for us. No, <laughs> we, we don't do cask in our tap room, actually. Um, at, the moment, at the moment, we don't do cask, but we, oh. we are looking to put one cask line in. But, I mean, historically, we, we didn't do cask because we wanted to have a lot of lines and we weren't open very often, so it just didn't really work for us. But yes. we are open more now, so... It's quite interesting. Just like on that point you made, like I, I, like you said, Callum has mentioned that it's quite fascinating the detail and that you're going into just to kind of like make gradual improvements. And I think that, like, obviously, I haven't tasted the beer, but I know Gav raved about it. So, like, you know, getting that quality coming through and, and again and again, it's well, these details are so important to the craft beer drinker because these are the ones that make you go back and, oh, there is a wee change, there is a wee test. But sometimes, when you find an easy drinking quality beer, whatever the style, that's why you go back and back and back. And we tend to find that craft, you're either within the craft beer space, you're either like, without this sounding like bad, you're either like safe and you do something different, you build your, your customer base up or you throw shit at a wall and hope that something sticks and you become a fad because you've done something a bit wacky and out there, but it's really difficult to be wacky and out there for, 12 months of the year and retain the customer base so those little details that you're talking about i find that like like you're saying if you're if you're into beer and you know these little like intricacies that you're looking into how can we improve x or y that's why people come back and back and back and back and back and yeah when you throw something new out that's the reason that you hook them in because you've got your your cores that everybody loves now and again and i find that like just i just wanted to kind of highlight that point that you mentioned because i like one i find it fascinating that even though you've got beers that sell out in a tap room week on week out you're still trying to improve it but at the same time it's still those little tweaks are pushing the boundaries on whatever is coming next down the line it's not just like let's wait on the new thing for when we throw something new at you we're, we're throwing the new stuff at the things that you already know and appreciate and love and that's why it's getting better all the time. But so just wait. And, you know, and it's kind of hooking people in for the next thing. Just the great thing about our industry is that people do share knowledge, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and also, you know, even the sort of most renowned, you know, brewers are still learning off other brewers and there's new people coming along because there's, you know, the the science is quite new as well and the, and the focus on the quality and the beer stuff, you know, for many years, you know, brewers did just make it how they made it and that's you know they carried on doing that and that, that a lot of that's come from america you know the americans like they do uh get quite um obsessed i guess in a way in a nice way in a nice way of saying this you know obsessed with things and yeah. make things better and they've really embraced that in brewing and you know they are definitely making the best beer in the world in pretty much every style because you listen to them talking about it and their their obsession with the details with the quality uh with you know the quality of the ingredients and the hops and just their whole obsession with it is is you know it's really inspiring for for us for, for, as a brewer you know and that's what you know i listen to podcasts and, and i'll be like wow and i never even thought of that right yeah. work. and the great thing about having a small brewery like we have that we can you know, we don't plan very far ahead. We don't plan more than probably four weeks ahead our brewing schedule. So if we want to just grab some new hops or something, we can just fit it in. We're not brewing a massive amount either. You know, 15 barrels mm-hmm. is like 
thousand liters sounds like quite a bit but it you know in the brewing world it's tiny really yeah split it down into kegs and cans you know it'd be like 40 cases of cans and 30 kegs and 20 casks you know it's not it's not that difficult to sell that so therefore we can you know we can take risks with things you know knowing that it'll go out fairly quickly um but you know the process is it doesn't we, the process changes don't happen very quickly and that's what makes the beer really good quality um you know that's the most important thing fermentation really is you know the, the be all and end all of making yeah good quality products and we always concentrate on that bit so therefore you know trying different hops and things like that we know confidently that the the beer might be different but it will still be you know of the quality that's acceptable for us i mean we do dump batches now and again um if we have we've had some issues with yeast before um sometimes when they yeah you know, the last time was when it came from the lab actually we just i don't know if we, it was just a duff batch of yeast it just didn't ferment properly but um, yeah yeah it does it does happen unfortunately on on that you you're also referring to america of kind of being gold standard in terms of craft beer we mentioned that i can't remember how many weeks ago on the podcast can you see the uk getting close to america in terms of the craft beer and the factor in that being that we start growing our own hops because we, we everything that 90s a uk brewery gets is stuff from america and American breweries obviously get first dibs on all that ingredients, and then we get kind of the leftovers almost. Mm. Can, can, can I factor in, in the UK brewery kind of excelling, being that we actually start growing our own shit properly and better? Well, I guess I, when I'm talking about, I'm talking about maybe the craft beer. I mean, we are, we've got a very good history of making English beers. Yeah. Uh, and a real ale and we you know we'd be making the best in the world of that i, I guess overall i'm talking all the different styles you know yeah, like, yeah. particularly hoppy ipas uh obviously we can't really grow those types of hops the availability of those hops to us over here is is definitely better we probably we don't get quite the first pick of them like we do in america but that's not all just because they're the location it's also because of the size of the breweries. Yeah. They've got much bigger buying power. Some of the breweries over here have got that, you know, people like Daya, Cloudwater, um, uh, Track potentially, you know, they probably do buy enough hops to be able to go over and select and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we, we get, we, I think the quality of the beer when it's good over here is not far off, I don't yeah. think that some of the best over there um but it also comes down to when you experience it don't you know, I, I rarely get to drink the best american beer at its best because it doesn't make it exactly yeah um we get, we get it like two months after it's it's fish. yeah exactly yeah exactly i mean you'd have to go over and sort of sit in trillium's tap room and, and world works or whatever and, and, uh, i mean worst places to be i suppose do that and no yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's a shame exactly. yeah and, and whether that's any different than sitting in as or or Dayas, or you know, someone else is drinking fresh beer that's just been done a couple of weeks before. I, 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 it's hard to you can't really compare them, can you? But yeah. um yeah, I think I think the good thing in America is that I think the general level of the brewing industry over there is probably higher than mm -hmm. the general level in the UK because yeah. it, I guess that it's, it's quite competitive over there as well. So it's getting more like that here, you know. Yeah. But, Definitely. Um, I want to ask you about the name. Where did Dark Revolution? Where did that name come from? <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't, there is no. It just just came out. You just know, like the beer names. The, yeah. So um, I guess at the time we were looking for revolution because just you know something that's different, and the dark bit just it just came out. It just sounded yeah, good. And, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And same with the beer names. You know, we we've literally got a big list of names. So when a beer comes along, we just pick from the names and there's just no, you know, I'll just hear something that sounds like it or one of the staff will, we, it's like a shared notes that we just put them on and we just put it on there and then it may never get used or if a beer comes along and it fits, cool. Um, we, we don't have any themes and we, we've always never wanted to, you know, so we, we try and avoid puns and it just needs to be something that looks looks good on the paper and trying to work so you know and then so we'll who came up with so who came up with the hey girl hey boy superstar dg here we go because that's fucking brilliant by the way okay so that's an interesting one so we had i had hey boy hey girl just on the beer list mm -hmm. uh, i think i put it on there I, you know we like the chemical brothers uh and then my uh a brewer um our lead brewer had some twins and he had a boy and a girl so we thought, hey, let's like we got the hey boy, hey girl, let's brew a, a pair of beers, you know, to sort of celebrate the fact that he's had kids. We'll make a West Coast and East Coast style parallel, brewed those, put them out. And then obviously everyone was like, 
so where's superstar dj and i was like actually you know what like, yeah we kind of have to do this it wasn't on that wasn't on the kind of list but we were like yeah and then we had to do here we go so um <laughs> i love the fact that it was like i love that it was like peer pressured into it because you're like i know it makes perfect sense yeah. i just we need to do it yeah no yeah exactly well it was it was a few sort of pubs and that on instagram you know it's like you know where's who and actually you know it worked out really well from a sales point of view actually we we, we didn't plan it that way because we didn't release them all at the same time in fact all the pretty much all the hey boy and hell girl certainly in keg they was all gone before we even had superstar gj ready um we did have the cans because <laughs> We had a few more cans left over, but yeah, it was it was a good one. But it was just one of those kind of happy accidents, I guess. I was pulling them at the box, and I was like, "This is fucking amazing! Yeah, this is, this is fucking brilliant!" And yeah. then, incidentally, about a week ago or a few weeks ago, you come out with Fat Boy Jim. Well, yes, exactly. So yeah, I was I was just thinking, where do we go with this like Chemical Brothers thing? And I was just I don't know. I just thought, oh, Fat Boy Jim, yeah. And then we got one of our regulars in the tap rooms actually called Jim as well. Uh, so he kind of claimed it to being um, named after him, but as does everyone who's called Jim. Who comes oh, in Jim, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's named after all of them. It's all cool. No, it, it was like anything that it was just, it, it was just like, Fat Boy Jim, that's good over a bit. Yeah, sod it. Let's use it. You know, love it. Because we're, yeah. we're, we're often struggling with, you know, previously we were always struggling with the names because we didn't have forward thinking on the of the list mm -hmm. so we have a new beer ready right fuck we go get the artwork ready right cool what's the name oh shit then you, you can never get a name if you're just yeah. trying to think it's like if you're trying to write the a song science, right? if you're trying to get lyrics for a song they they you can't they'll come to you at some point yeah when, <laughs> when you don't need them you know so some of the names <laughs> they just come along i'll just hear something or, or any of the team or on the radio like a lyric and that's why we put in the notes so now we're a lot more proactive so when we got the beer we could go down a list of a Probably about a hundred names on there at the moment. Well, wow. <laughs> just pick them out and they just keep adding them to you. And it might, you know, they'll just come along whenever I might just be in the car, might be out for a run or something, you know, mostly music because I'll be listening to some music or, or you hear something or something like that. Um, but yeah, there's one thing I said to the guys, and I've said it the last couple of weeks, um, that like that having lyrics, using lyrics and on. And using it in different cans, and how almost having it as a, a its own little mini series is is such a fucking brilliant idea. I absolutely loved it. Like I couldn't get over it. I thought it was absolutely tremendous, and I wish more people would do it because I think it's such a good idea. Yeah, well, we love music as well, so and all sorts of music, so it, it ties in quite well. We want to do some more sort of collabs with bands and stuff, but we, we haven't quite got to that. Yeah, put the words out my mouth. Like, please tell me you don't put the picture on and tagged. The Chemical Brothers or something in all the posts. Pretty sure we did, yeah. Um, I, I don't. I think we were going to send. Um, we were going to send them. So I don't. I don't know what happened with that actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think Fat Boy Slim. He doesn't drink. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. Work out too well, but um, we sent Graham Park DJ some beer. He, he kind of liked it, but it was not named after him. It's just. I think it's like you say, Gav said. I think it's a. I think it's a great idea, and like you say it. The whole music and brewing go together so well. Whether it's like it doesn't matter what like genre of music it is either. Like you know, there's plenty. You know, and the thing is, like your your cans are quite rocky with the skull and all the rest of it. And I know we're, we're going to touch on that. Um, but just like the whole like you, most people listen to music while you're drinking beer. If you're in a tap room, if you're in the house, if you're at, you know, there's just such a correlation between beer and music and i think it's like gav said you should do a like a whole musical genre like series or something so you've got your electro like with edmm with um chemical brothers so you got a rock series you can do a yeah, Bob Marley yeah, reggae could... series or something. <laughs> We're never that organised, to be honest. <laughs> you know, things just come along, and then we got a name, and then before we know it, we, we, you know. And I think I think we quite like that randomness as well. They, you know, just having not any particular yeah. plan. I think it makes it it makes it more fun. Yeah, yeah. just makes it funny as well. Like I said, when I when I picked them out of the box, I was like, "This is fucking hilarious! I love this. This is amazing." That was the. I just put all those cans in the road, just took a picture of them, put them straight on Instagram. I was like, fuck it, love this. Yeah, yeah. No, they, it's the, actually, but... it's the one box that I've been so excited about. And when I've been open, taking the cans out, this is hilarious. I love it. Like, oh, usually I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a cool, cool style. I like that. That's a big AVB, amazing. And then I was like, oh, Can Arts Wicked, like the musical influence was amazing. 
obviously the, the we added extras in the box were fucking brilliant in terms of the the glass and the stickers and stuff. I was buzzing for those. I'm a, I'm such a sucker for stickers. By the oh way. yeah, we love the stickers too. Everyone loves the sticker. I'm just, I don't know why it is. Yeah, that's, my, that's my mission for Manchester. I've got I've got the front of my beer fridge is depressingly light on stickers at the minute. So I'm, okay. I'm aiming I'm aiming to come back with a big pocket full of uh, stickers. We'll, we'll, we'll be stickered up for sure. Nice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we, 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 me and my wife, we love stickers as well. So we got our frigid, mostly band stickers actually, and like record labels and things like that. But um, yeah, we collected loads of beer ones when we went to uh, Bristol because quite a lot of breweries have some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, I've kind of I've kind of run out of space in the old laptop there. And my I've laptop's now, completely covered as well. I've now run out, I've run out of space in this thing behind me. My beer fridge is covered. I, da- I don't actually know what else I can put beer stickers to the There's point plenty where... plenty of wall space behind you, mate. Don't well, worry. I've got two boxes filled of stickers and beer mats. The beer mats are above me as well. Um Luckily, because the wife did tell me, she's like, "You need to get fucking rid of those." I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> well, you know, and then you've got can labels as well because you can peel them. Oh, labels! Oh fuck! I've got in our tap room. Our, you know, the toilets are all just with our can labels all over the back of the doors and stuff. Um, just such a stupid. Uh, see, artwork like beer artwork is just amazing, and yours especially is, is like Mark said is is so cool. Who, who does the artwork? What's the influence? Or is it much of the same in terms of the names? Just like fuck it, let's just roll with it. Uh, yes, yeah, so we've got a guy called Eric, basically. Uh, we met him originally. He he did the original BrewDog um, branding. So when we were first setting up, I was like, I, I like their original stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder if we could find the people that did that. You know, that'd be really cool. But I bet they'd be like really stupidly expensive. But mm. anyway, so, so I hunted them down. It was a little agency in Scotland um, where Eric, the guy who does it, he, he worked there at the time. So we went, sent them over the brief and um, they weren't that expensive at all. It was really reasonable. Um, so it was like, yeah, cool. Let's go for that then. So um, the first designs that came back were a bit kind of boring. And we were like, yeah, just make it darker, you know, make it a bit more kind of evil. And then they came back with the whole Rausch Bolt kind of thing going on and, and the skulls. So, um, yeah, he, he then left that agency and set up on his own. So he's just a one man band now. But he he's really into like his skateboarding and graffiti yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and he loves beer as well. Um, so he does a few other, he does stuff with Fierce and, and a few other breweries. But um, he really likes doing our stuff because it's the skulls. So he's then got a load of like um, artwork designers, basically, that that will, you know, we, they put their designs in for the for the beer. And we just give them beer, actually, to be honest with you, um, and, and their name on the can. And they love it. We love it. And it, and it all works really well. So, yeah, he, he kind of puts it together. He does some of the design, actual designs, and, and a lot of them are brought in from, you know, from this sort of bank of yeah. you know, up-and-coming artists or, or quite renowned artists who do sort of skateboardy sort of stuff, all sorts of mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, it's, yeah, we're quite That's lucky. That's wicked. Yeah. The black can is just such a it's it's under underused, and I know you'll say it's not because obviously it's your style. But I think <laughs> the like the just the blackout dark look, I think it's just so cool. Like we've went through such a phase of wacky color getting whacked on cans and them being like you know absolutely mental with like tropical colors to match the tropical beer that goes inside them, basically. Yeah, and I just. The the dark can, um, I just think it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, like black lids as well. You know, yep. we, we first we had to buy a lot of those to start with. Actually, it was the guys at Missing Link. I know you guys have done some things with them. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So Jeremy down at Missing Link, he he uses the black lids, and he mm-hmm. he's sourced them originally. Now we can get them on smaller smaller quantities. So we had silver lids to start with, just because they were a sort of standard lid. I think the only people were using black were at the time were like Magic Rock. Yeah. And um, Beaver Town had coloured lids as well because you had to order like hundreds of thousand, you know, maybe a hundred thousand lids or something like that to wow. get a coloured one, which is a lot for you know for a small brewery for us. Like, you know, oh. big ones is fine, but yeah, the black lid makes it makes a big difference. So yeah, we like the black cans. Not not everyone loves them. We've actually like some of the shops, like farm shops and stuff, don't really like our branding. But hey, you know, they don't, they don't, you know. <laughs> We don't really? sell it's it's our demographic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fine. I like the wee, I like the wee flashy color and the, the with the naming on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the kind of the bright color just to flash the to flash the name, and then the wee bit of color and the like say stay cool. I like that. 
yeah no, definitely he's got some, there's some really cool ones coming out actually we've got some new ones because we're making about one or two new ones a week at the moment so there's some yeah some pretty cool ones coming out we've moved everything to 440 mil cans as well because for quite a while we did all the core beers in 330s so we were running 330s and right. 440s and that was quite a big decision actually because it was a bit of a pain in the ass um doing two different size formats and lots of people were like yeah oh, i just do 440 and then other people were like oh it's really but yeah moved it to 440s and that's really working out as well a lot of the shops box shops and that tend to definitely prefer the bigger yep. formats um, it means they can stock their fridge levels at the same height they don't have to yeah, adjust i think so yeah exactly and i think i think i think the sort of craft beer a consumer generally just prefers that that format yeah. to feel like they're getting especially in like a sessionable beer like you're going yeah. to and yeah. way packaging the way it is although aluminium's obviously a wee bit easier to do some than than others to do some recycling and stuff with it's yeah you don't even want to go by and you know you're going to drink like well Callum and I are, are big proponents of the if you buy something in a 330 you have to pour two at a time yeah, you know, well, you yeah. you've got two cans open anyway it's two 330s or one 440 yeah. <laughs> well yeah it's like those big bottles you get peroni isn't it that's yeah, yeah. yeah. The six, the six, 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 yeah exactly. and you go and, to somewhere like pizza express and everyone's got the 660s not many people got the 330s have they exactly, so, exactly. exactly. and you know i think there's there's a there's an argument for like say you know a, a 12 13 percent stout or something like that yeah, yeah, being yeah, in a 330 yeah. i mean I, I often find those those sort of enormous beers a 440 is about a challenge but certainly on a sessionable you level i've seen you climb that mountain a few times but quite hard work on your own yeah. but on a sessionable level scott's got it absolutely right you know if you're drinking a three and a half four percent beer a 440 is the perfect size yeah you know yeah. It's, it's it's not getting too it's not cool and dirty so it's not warming up too much as you're drinking it and yeah you know it's not you know having you keep the rest in the fridge kind of thing or you have the small there's a reason we drink we, we can get we can shift we've got the climate to shift a pipe without it getting too warm <laughs> We certainly do. Um, new the beers climate and the, and the the disposition. Aye, but that's that's very true. New Maybe. beers wise, I know the latest beer you brought out was Bright Lights, a West Coast Pale at five point four. One yeah. uh, beer style sounds amazing. Two Canner is fucking potentially the best Canner I've seen from as somebody who's played American football who loves American football. I think it's fucking awesome. And also number thirteen here here yes. Oh, nice! Yeah, yes. Yeah. yes, no, it's good beer actually. It's, it's yes, so we we try and have a different range. So not no, everything's kind of your your New England style. Um, it's yeah, works quite well. But yeah, we got loads of new ones coming out. Probably, you know, one or two a week. I think. What ones nice. can you t- What ones can you tell us? Uh, so we've got one called Connected coming out. We're canning at Wednesday or Thursday. So that's a double dry hopped, five point six percent Motueka Citra. Uh, Citra Cryo, um, that's smelling pretty, pretty tasty. Um, then we got actually we brewed, we just brewed an English pale ale today, oh. 100% leaf hops, um, Harley Quinn and UK Cascade. So uh, no dry hops on that one as well. We're just going to do 100% leaf in the whirlpool. We called the whirlpool down to 80, and then just chucked like 20 kilos of leaf hops in there. Wow, something a bit different. Um, 4.3%, I think that is. It's, um, and then, yeah, we just, I mean, we've got a range of sort of mid-range double dry hop parallels and a couple of um, sort of higher uh, ABV um, don't under don't undersell yourself, Greg. Don't under don't undersell, <laughs> man. Like honest to God, like genuinely, I had the box. Like I said, that was my box from last month. Um, I got the full box. I got uh, what did I get six, seven, eight. I got ten beers. Yeah, I think it was ten in there. I got well. ten, and the range in styles, they were all pails, which is perfect, which is exactly what I want for my boozer box, but. We had a Kavik IPA at 6.3. I had uh, a couple of DDHs in there, which is right up my street. So LA was in there. Um, Sublime, like you mentioned, a Kavik Pale. Discotheque, a lovely hazy Nipah at yeah. mm-hmm. 6.3. And then obviously the bad boy of the bunch being the 8%. Here we go. 
Here's yeah, that's scored England. really well, actually, on Untap that one, which yeah, is quite that... good because that was kind of the end of that series as well. So that was the other thing when we were making those. I was like, right, we better make a bloody good beer this one, you know, because I was like <laughs> waiting for it. And yeah, it's scoring like 4.2 or something on Untap. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty happy with that it's one. It's got yeah. Nelson in it, so you can't go wrong with Nelson. No. Yeah, it's just really smooth as well. It's really easy drinking. Actually, funnily enough, there was a pub that accidentally put a keg of it on, but they got the pump clips mixed up and they... I put it on as our other beer, which was like a 4.8%. Shit. Yeah, but they they sold half of it and no one noticed. <laughs> of it. Nice. It's only like halfway through and they were like, oh shit, it was the wrong keg. And they, they and, and none of the customers noticed at all. They all thought it was like 4.8%. Oh dear. And for one... And for one, was when they had to pour them back in the house. In the house. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, officer, I had a yeah. one pint and it was four <laughs> percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, I don't think anyone was driving. Luckily, but um, <laughs> I mean, it was a genuine mistake. Oh. But it, it was sort of showed that how it was you know quite easy to drink now. I was going to say it's an absolute compliment on your part that you can hide an eight percent or as a four percent. You have like to do. Pill. When people come in the tap room, we have to like pre-warn them, you know, because we've had it before as well. We not necessarily eight percent, but like they'll be drinking like six and a half, and just necking it like it's four and a half, four percent, oh. you know, because it tastes like it because it's super smooth, yep. fresh, hoppy. It's just delicious because it's so nice. You just want to drink more mouthfuls of it, and that, that's always a, a sign for us. You know, the drinkability is the, the most important thing for us. Yeah, you know, that's that's what ticks it for us. If that beer you smash a pint of it and you want to immediately have another pint, no matter what beer it is, what style it is, whatever that's that we've done our job. Well, you know, that's, that's what we consider. And yeah, we, we, so we have to warn people quite often in the tap room, you know, yeah, this one's not a session beer, you know, it's, we do sell it in pints and it, but it's six and a half percent. He warns because it's delicious and you, you know, you, you, you drink three or four pints of it, but you, you know, struggle. You, put, you may uh, lose the bones from your legs. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you should put so, the beer fridge podcast sessionable sign next to it because correct. every time we've joked with people, session, five five and a half to six and a half sessionable beer. We well, always this say is that why a joke, this but. is why like superstar superstar DJ for me was was up there with with here we go with one of the best beers in the box. Um, yeah, for me, that was an absolute standout. Um, I'm just referring back to my notes that I did yeah. actually take. And I mentioned that it had a fantastic body. It was the dankness and the tropical flavors for me. It was coming through, coming through really strong on the beer. Everything that you wanted from an East Coast beer in terms of those flavors, like I mentioned, the tropical and all all those bingo words that people normally use. And ah, oh, by we've God, got, yeah. So we've got right. loads of stuff. We normally have one or two beer like that. You know, right. so we, the base sort of beer style will be that style but it will be with different hops or we change the malt bill slightly maybe use flaked wheat instead or torrified wheat or maybe change the ratio of oats and wheat a bit but you know the water profile the yeast and the and the amount of hops that we're putting in and the process on the dry hopping will be be very similar so yeah we've got quite a few beers coming out and they, they, they're my favorite you know yeah. the six and a half percent because it's the sweet spot on flavor but you can't drink them all the time well you can but you know it's Greg, yeah, you can come on more often with that attitude, by the way. I'd love to drink them all the time, but, you know, my dinner <laughs> does not like that, to be fair. So, and I have to be careful, you know, be, having a brewery, you know, and that stuff on tap. Um, so, same with the staff, you know, we, we do have to have some discipline in, in our, you know, especially during the week, we try, try not to drink. Let's do two hours of work and a wee drink. Then two hours of work and a wee drink. Well, yeah, no. It's the perks of the job, Greg. This is true. This is true. Yeah, especially when you've got tap room. Yeah. Well, that's that's one of the beautiful things of tap. I I love nothing more than on Friday night after a busy week. You know, we've been working our asses off. We just sit and have a beer with staff and watch other people enjoying the beers as well. You know, it's that's that really makes it for us. So yeah. Talking about a busy week, um, and back end of this week is Manchester. Like I mentioned at the start, what are you bringing to Manchester? I did steal your question, Callum. Sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Everybody likes to hear your voice anyway. Good answer. Yeah. What we bring to Manchester? God, that is a very, very good question. Uh, (laughs) I'm assuming you're. I'm assuming you're coming, right? Right. Yes, I am coming. Yeah, me and Sarah, (laughs) me and my wife Sarah, and we got one of the brewers and his girlfriend. So. Uh, we, me and Sarah are going to do the Friday night on the stand and then a bit of Saturday and then we're going to have Saturday night off and the other two are going to do the Saturday night. Um, what are we bringing? I actually, 
I don't actually remember because we had to send it <laughs> off about, we, we're not bringing it this time. We had to send it off about oh, yeah. two weeks ago on a pallet on all the equipment to a cold store because of the way the logistics work there. Yeah. So normally we'd just be like bringing it tomorrow or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've got El Jefe, which is the dry hopped Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. I think we've got, here we go. We have, we have to, got a kegger, here we go. We're taking up with us. Heck. We are taking. Must have been semi disappointed that uh, Bright Lights isn't going. Bright Lights. Might, it might That's be. Right. I think it might be, actually. Oh, is it? I, th- I can't remember when we sent the pallets. It might have been last week. It, it might be on there, actually. I, oh. I could tell you. I, I could look it up. There's four. We got four beers, anyway. Uh, and then we've definitely got El Jefe, and we've definitely got Here We Go. I, I've got a feeling we have got Bright Lights going. We, we normally try and take the freshest thing that's literally just come off mm-hmm. because we had to send them a couple of weeks. So we would be bringing Connected had we were taking the beer with us this week, but we, mm-hmm. yeah. we had to send it a bit earlier. So I can't remember what the other beer is. You mentioned, obviously, this is a, your first kind of go around of the festival season year. Went to the one in Bristol. How was that for you guys? You enjoy it? Yeah, it was really good actually. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. It was, it was some um, location as well. Yeah, talking. great. Yeah, and the so weather was really space. the weather was really good as well. It was a bit hot actually on the Saturday, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was good. It was hard work. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, definitely. We, yeah, so I'd never been there as a punter or as a as a like as a brewer before. So um, yeah, it was good. It was good to meet some other people as well. We met quite a few. We met people. Um, yeah, a few people we'd never met before. A few other breweries and stuff. So. Is there any breweries? I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know the difference between a list that's went to Bristol and Manchester. I could look it up, but that would take me fucking a day and an age. Is there any breweries that you know that are going to Manchester that you want to make sure you you, you go back and visit and just taste some of their beer? I know you mentioned obviously, uh, we've mentioned it as well. Like there's a part of us that's semi more excited for just going to the local tap rooms in Manchester in the form yeah. of Cloud Water, Sure Shot, Track. I mean, holy fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I will be definitely going. That see, I probably, to be fair, on Friday night I'll be working, so I, I probably won't really partake too much on the beer side of things because I like to sort of keep my head very straight when I've got to talk to people and stuff. And it just becomes you just can't be bothered to do any work, can you? When you've had a few beers, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I might have a couple after work, but um, yeah, I'll be saving myself Saturday. But so we'll finish. We're finishing our session about two thirty on the stand. So we'll have a couple of hours probably, and we'll do the reverse to you basically. So we'll do a couple of hours in the beer festival, and then go track cloud water, sure shot, and then probably just go and get some food somewhere, I guess, and then see where it goes from there. It's, not, it's not a bloody bad way to end your weekend, though. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've never been to Manchester before, actually, to be honest. So um, we we meant to go like a just before Christmas, but mm. um, it came up and I ended up, we ended up having to cancel it. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I just want to see their spaces, drink their beers. Um, at the at the beer festival, uh, I haven't looked at the list. I, um, I think there's quite a few of the same ones. I think the list is relatively the same, if I'm completely honest. Um, I think the difference is the local ones have changed. So whereas yes. you had left-handed giant, wiper and true, people like that at the and, uh, Bristol Beer Factory. Yeah. Those guys, seven brothers yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but I think, you know, like we're Umbard is still uh, are going. Uh, yep. Simon, I think, are probably up there. Uh, Yonder are going to be there. So we're, yeah. we're friends with those guys. So, um, they make some great sabers. Um, and they're, they're not that far away from us either. Um, but yeah, we, um, we get a big glass as well, which is quite handy. It's well, hi. That's <laughs> well, though, to be fair. You go out with your big glass, and that like people are like pouring like massive pours. And I'm like, no, 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 like just give me a small one. I went out to Umbar and they no. get of uh, what's their stout called? Uh, Stoutzilla, Stoutzilla, barrel aged one there. And he gave me like half a pint of it, I think it was like 11 or something. It was yep. like, delicious, and it felt a bit blasphemous. Like, I, I couldn't finish it, and the, I, like people always didn't want it because they would be drinking a bit too much. So I had to like pour it away because I wanted the glass to get another beer, and it, it yeah, it felt a bit kind of. Wrong. The thing with the festivals is that, like, there is, it's like the whole, it's kid and candy shop, you know, because you've got Coffee. the best, the best breweries within the UK and within the region that you're in, and you're getting a chance to try whatever beers they've brought, you know, which is, like you said, most breweries try and bring the freshest stuff, you know, so you're yeah. getting the best quality. And 
you know, you're bringing four beers. You know, you'll be you'll be part next day. I was having a quick look there. You'll be next to you know, Mikelar or like Tiny Rebel, Fierce. You know, name the brewery, Moonwick. They're yeah. all, they're all going to be there. Yeah, they're going to have four beers too. And you you walk in and it's just like, oh yeah, let me try this. Let me try that. Let me try this. And you know, I'm really yeah, bad, like really bad. And you're having to Scott seen. In fact, beer. you two have actually seen this. Like, I'll literally go. I'll go to a stand and go that beer, and then I'll see something else. I go, fuck, I want to try that, and I'm like, oh, drink it quick, and then go to that one next. And like, so like Scott, we went to the obviously Brew London, and with two other friends, and then they two, they, they all three of them get a wee drink and have a wee conversation, and I'm like, fuck no, like let's go, just go, 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 go. Like, yeah, I guess going, the good thing at least you get five hours there, which is a reasonable amount of time to kind of be able to go around. Oh my god, well, we won't make it to the end. <laughs> I don't I think yes, I don't think a lot of, but to be fair on the sessions I was at uh, that mostly people at the end were mostly the other brewers basically yeah. <laughs> just going back yeah. to the stands drinking beer and, ch- and chatting I yeah. think most of the punters had filled their boots because I mean they were queuing at like 11 o'clock in the morning and they were drinking beers in the queues well you know cans and stuff so yeah it's good fun it's nice. that was I mean Mark and I did the the, the last Edinburgh one they did the <laughs> okay yeah London. We went to the whole, we went to the early morning session thinking the early morning session was it. So we went like queued for like 11, half 11, got dropped off and, and got in for half 11. And it was at four, was it four? No, it was, must have been before that. It must have been half three, something like that. Yeah. One of the breweries that was there. Um, it was Bill House. Bill House. Bill House. It was, it was James at Bill House. Uh, he said, um, do you just want to, do you want to stay? And we'd already had a, a, a session that's worth drinking and we were like, yeah. hi. Go for yeah. it. And the second session was an absolute nightmare. We ended up, we were there pouring. So we were, they were, they put us as volunteers for the second session. So you hadn't, yeah, you hadn't paced out for this. No, oh, no, no. We had to pace ourselves at all. Did they think the second session <laughs> nope. was coming at all? So it was, we were doing hip hop karaoke no. as backing dancers to the hip hop karaoke. It might be some once, but we were doing all the dancing and everything. It was super, but I, it was the second session's hazy in the old memory. That's for mm. sure. Long live the hip hop karaoke. <laughs> um, Greg, where is the best place for people to grab hold of your beers? Well, direct via our website, I guess, or, or sign up for Bruiser Boxes because um, you know that's that's we've already discussed, but that's a good place. Uh, or come to our tap room in Salisbury, just uh, north of Salisbury. We're open seven days a week. We're open till eight o'clock on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We have food trucks up there on um, Fridays and Saturdays, sometimes on Thursdays. Um, or online, www.darkrevolution.co.uk. You don't have to really say the www, don't you? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's, I, old, that's, that's old school. If you shout uh, Dark Revolution at your city on your phone, it'll bring it up or something like that. I don't yeah, know. probably. You yeah. don't need to shout that it. Revolution, you know? <laughs> well, it might bring something else up, though, might it? Um, like sorry, Greg, sorry, gets confused. Yeah, like Greg said, go to that uk. Go to the website, pick up some of your beers. You're not going to be disappointed. I guarantee you that. And um, one good thing as well, if you go to the shop online and you grab yourself some beers, you know me, I'm a sucker for free delivery. Uh, orders over forty quid, free delivery. Fuck yes. Yeah, perfect. Everyone loves free delivery. Oh, I'm a such a <laughs> sucker for free. Oh, See if I'm like three, get, four quid short. Well, exactly. Check it out. And if, especially when it's like reasonable, like if it's, if they're saying like, oh, you can get free delivery if you go or 60, yes, I will do that. But I yeah. feel great about it. Whereas ah, yeah. if it's like 30, like 40 pounds is, is absolutely on the money, you can get a decent amount for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Based right. on the prices I'm on the shop at the moment, where I can't fill and I can. I can make it to the forty pound threshold. Yeah, we. Yeah, because we're bringing out so many Still new getting beers. Plenty of beer. We're bringing out so many new beers at the moment. There's quite a, usually a pretty decent range of cans on there, so you can. That is it's, it's superb. And also, like like Greg said, you can um, add them to your bruiser if you're a subscriber, and if your local bottle shop is not stocking that revolution, have a fucking word in the ear. <laughs> Walk in. I, I actually did it today. I was uh, Clapton Craft up in not Clapton. Um, where's the other shop? Fuck, can't remember. In London. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, and I was like, I'm actually trying to find Dark Revolution stuff. He's like, Oh, I've never heard of them. I was like, Well, fucking get on it, mate. Oh, <laughs> do, do you not know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yes, if your bottle shop doesn't supply Dark Revolution, have a word in the ear and get them to get in touch with Dark Revolution. And while we're at it as well, make sure you head over to all their social media pages, start search Dark Revolution, like, follow and share. And you can search for the Beer Fridge Podcast at the same time. Um, whenever you listen to podcasts as well, make sure you subscribe, hit the ding link to be notified of all the latest episodes. Um, five-star rating, patreon.com forward slash beerfish podcast. Greg, it's been awesome to talk to you, mate. Um, I'm actually really excited for these guys to sample some of your beer on Friday because I know yeah, they will not, they're not going to be disappointed because I yeah. certainly was not. be nice to see you guys in person and, uh, yeah, perhaps share a beer. We'll, we'll come and see you early. Because, yes, as Scott says, we would have been at the tap room, so we're probably going to be four or five deep before. But I'm going the day, I'm going the day before just okay. to get in, I'm going to just to get into track and stuff when they open. Yeah, the best thing I've done in my life is get the wife into craft beer, and she's like, Oh, let's go. I'm like, Fuck yes. Oh, nice. Yeah, then when well, yeah, my wife works at the brewery, so yeah. Best decision ever made. Um, (laughs) Greg, awesome to talk to you. Uh, We'll see you on Friday. And until next time on the Beer Fridge Podcast, the home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.